Welcome back to the Risk Report. This is episode number 63, and I am here with a very close friend, longtime friend, Austin Allison. What's up? Hello. What up, He's also, I've shared his music before a couple of times on the podcast. He's, uh, you, you've got your band Mir, plays guitar and sings vocals. You write the songs and everything, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a workhorse of, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I try to, I try to just, play guitar sometimes i try to just sing and write songs sometimes but it kind of all runs into each other and it's yeah you i mean you start making music you just fucking start doing it all kind of and you especially do it all you the other time i saw you a couple weeks ago you were on your way to uh record drums for somebody or something yeah I, well i'm uh helping my old band uh they're called letters to part they're from orlando um kind of similar genre i I was kind of helping them uh do some like pre-production and like uh just coming up with ideas and stuff like that i like to i'll be getting them more into like freelance games so i just kind of you know when people want to be creative and they're like hey you want a third year in the room or something i'm Mm -hmm. always down for that i mean that's how they did it in the old days realistically right yeah i i would be all about uh tape recorders and and all kinds of stuff imagine like in the 60s 70s just like Going to a smoke-filled room and just fucking jamming with the heavyweights, you know? I, I'm i all for analog and, like, vintage gear and, yeah. like, tape machines. And that stuff's still used today. And it's it's uh, it's an art form. And it's definitely a lo- more of, like, a grueling process to, like, <clears throat> put all that shit together. But for the most part, it's mm-hmm. it's got a sound. It's There's a sound yeah, to it. The, yeah. Whether it's the graininess or whatever. Um <clears throat> What was I going to say about that? Um, oh, fuck, I had it right in there. Dude, you're good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, well, what's the diff- – that now I remember. What's the most difficult part about it? Is it connecting it to the new technology? Is that like kind of a hurdle? Um, I, I think it's easier now to do it. Uh, I think that also there's a lot of plugins that emulate right. that stuff, so you can get pretty close to it. I think the most um, – extensive part about it is the setup uh tape is not cheap and i think that when you're doing stuff like that it's like uh you can't really mess up no you know and and overdubbing and doing all kinds of stuff it's a very limited process as opposed to like what i use like pro tools or like logic or any of these other uh daws right now you Mm -hmm. can kind of just do whatever in a simple click of a button so so is that something that you record fully as a band or separate still? Uh, you can do both. It depends on how much tape you have. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, and I couldn't operate a tape board, but I, I know that uh, a lot of people who do, and I know that it's not the easiest process in the world, but um, if you have the right person and you have the equipment, by all means, uh, you know, live setting, like where you mic everything or, or just single shot, like how recording is done today, that's cool too. So 
it's just a process. Is there is there a thing where um basically you'll record a song and then you can transfer it to like tape? You know what I mean? Uh yeah, you I'm pretty sure like kind of in a mastering it. way. Like yeah, can yeah. you run the song to kind of master it through some sort of tape that yeah, you might have? You can print it through uh any kind of analog like vintage gear. So like it depends on what you're using, but because I you... feel like I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I feel like good. I saw one where the guy was mastering a song. It was an old board, right? It's, it's a board that's been around for a long time. Right. So that dude that has to has has tape in it. And so I feel like I saw somebody like when they were mastering kind of run it through. I could be wrong. No, you're no, I mean th- those like old API and Neve mixing boards, those giant consoles. Uh, they have so many patch bays it's, and stuff, and you patch it into a yeah. tape machine, and you can feed whatever mix that you make. It patching is its own world it a, too. It was a fucking NASA's like space module thing. It, it you know what I mean? That's like, literally yeah. what it's the one where uh, Scarface's soundtrack was recorded through. And shit. yeah, it's, it's probably a Neve. It's plush. It's yeah, plush. like Rupert Neve. He actually just passed away soon, really? or not soon. Uh, not too long ago and uh yeah he was the creator of that and those boards are still used today because of their sounds and like the preamps and yeah everything on the computer nowadays is just to model those that all these plugins all everything yeah because they're so they were so before and you had to just you know run shit over to it like all these wires all these lines yeah patch bays can be pretty ridiculous too with the way people set them up these days i mean most mm-hmm. home studios if you do have a patch bay you've got a few compressors or you got distressors or or like different like uh rack effects but for the most part if you have like a giant patch bay that's some serious stuff you're running and it gets confusing way too confusing i yeah. mean obviously these people study this for a long time they're around it for a while yeah, I know. Friends but I do who just love that it. sound. Ultimately, that sound it is something special to it. I mean, that's why these songs are not only because of that, but these songs are so timeless. These songs from the seventies and sixties. Tape and- saturation. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars. That that stuff that they're doing now. Uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, they did like this like collaboration stuff, and it's really like. 60s 70s oh i've heard i think one or two of the songs yeah and they not like they have uh that style and that quality you can tell everything down to the drumming uh is is recorded and captured that 60s style so that's Mm. why you get that like vintagey feel yeah and that tape saturation and you're getting all that stuff Mm -hmm. and that's why some of those things are like warmer Mm -hmm. and they resonate more and i think that they're more like uh heartfelt uh, through like the instrumentation is just because right. of the quality. Right. I mean, that's really what it is, right? Something about the vibrations of actual instruments rather than, cause me doing my whole hip hop and everything, I would just go to shows, people put on their beat and then fucking just rap over it. Mm-hmm. Then when I started throwing myself out there and, and jamming with actual musicians and freestyling over a band, it's it was like, process. Whoa, this is, this is, this is it like not i don't i don't ever want to fucking perform over a beat again yeah so that's always what i've tried to do is just try and have a band or have people at least um homies of mine will practice a couple songs and then we'll go out you know way to do it man especially uh, some of my favorite drummers are like hip-hop r&b uh you know stuff like that like just recently there's a drummer uh who plays at will's pub which is like an orlando 
uh, dive bar venue kind of thing. And his name is Rashid Williams, and he plays drums for John Legend, and he's like a session musician. But the guy is insane at drums, and like the way he plays, and it's just like I felt fortunate to stumble on it on a Monday night. Uh, shout out to my friend Marshall, who's a promoter out here from uh, Montgomery Drive. Uh, but he puts on such really unique and diverse shows, and like getting to witness musicians outside of like the genres that I like or or i you know i i try to like everything i even if even if it's like not the style of music like i i will come out and say i'm not the biggest fan of country music but if i see a really good musician playing i will always respect it because i know that how much goes into it and musicianship transcends genres it transcends Mm -hmm. um you know whatever when you're when you're right in front of it and you just see it and you know that that it's person's the mutual dedicated. Respect. Yeah, it, it's you always know, about respect. I it's think. the mutual respect. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it is country or whatever. If if you're a good musician, you're a good musician, and you're we're gonna know it. You know. Yeah. And it's uh, it's all about respect. I think that's why I was able to mingle with both rock guys and you know hip hop guys and yeah. Or men and women. I don't want to say. Yeah, no, no, anybody. Yeah, yeah. But so for you, man, what was it like as a kid, though? When did the music kind of? I know you and I. We used to play rock band like for hours, and and we fucked around with that. And then you moved away, and you you. Then all of a sudden, when I saw you, I didn't see you for all of high school, not for a long time, dude. I kind of went through a rough. I had a rough childhood, I think, and I think um, I. I'm fortunate to have grown up where we did uh, in celebration because I was so close to House of Blues, and yeah. you know you were the one who got me into Circus Survive and and bands that I like like the gateway to that. And really? I felt yeah. Well, you I remember you showing me Jaterna, and I still I have that record right behind you actually. Wow. Uh, but um, that's crazy. Dude. Yeah, it, and it, it's it's one of those things that like I remember being like 13 and getting dropped off at house of blues and seeing thrice and seeing a band that I still love and, and going to all these shows way young, you know, before I knew anything about anything. And I, and I think that like, um, especially when I moved away and, and I remember the story about how I started playing guitar for real. Yes. It was rock band and guitar hero. Um, and it's that classic story of like, your parents are like, why don't you go play a real guitar? (laughs) And I was always like, I don't know, you know, and uh, it seemed too hard, right? Well, it it just seemed like I, I was always like thinking that it was a skill that I would never have or anything. And um, I think that, uh, well, the story is I was at a friend's house across the street in celebration. And uh, one of our friends, uh, one of our mutual Dakota, Dakota, yeah. hell yeah! Shout out Dakota out in Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had like this Walmart guitar, Starcaster. I remember it. It was three. There was three strings on it, and I bought it for five bucks. Wow. And <laughs> and my stepdad, uh, he pretty much was like he he did he was an army guy. So like I'm I'm like the black sheep of my family. Like I'm the long haired musician kid. Uh, but um he uh went to iraq and he saw his father's son play guitar and he thought it was the coolest thing right and uh so he comes back and he's like i'm gonna buy i'm gonna get your guitar strong i'm gonna get you a little amp 
and I'm going to get a guitar too. And, and so dude, dude spends $700 on an acoustic electric. Never. He played it for like maybe <sighs> a week, yeah. got frustrated, like all aggro and just yeah. stopped playing. Still has the same guitar and it has the same strings as when he bought it. Wow. And uh, I would, I used to get in trouble as a kid a lot because I would just play it because I was like, it's a, guitar. It's a nice it. guitar, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I bought that guitar for $5 at StarCaster. And then I had this little Line 6 amp and they get made fun of a lot uh, because of the insane mode on it. It's, it sounds so bad. Uh, but, um, so I just stayed in my room and I would play. And I was always into bands and stuff. And I... I think growing up as like a short chubby kid, you know, there was always that like, I have at least music's there, you know? And I think that through, throughout the years and everything, um, even when I went to high school, uh, I, I moved away to like a really remote rural town and I didn't really like fit in there either because, you know, I, I just... A lot of farmers, bro. Yeah, uh, it's like you got to fucking bike a mile yeah. to just reach somebody. And luckily, I, you know, um, the story about how I like really deep, deep dove into guitar because I obviously I picked it up, but I wasn't really doing anything. I would learn songs that I liked on uh, like a tab thing and I would just read and p try to play favorite songs like most yeah, young yeah. kids do. Um, I remember this very vividly because uh, I was... I randomly got uh, a schedule and I was getting in there late. I, I remember I was ninth grade, new, new town. Um, and they gave me weightlifting and I was like, okay, maybe this will be good for me. And so I, I remember sitting there, I have like America's on, you know, like I, I, I like, I had like tighter pants and stuff and everybody else was like, like gung ho, you know, like, southern dudes black and, sheep again right yeah black sheep again and then i saw that they had a guitar elective so i said screw it so i did and for the record did not learn nearly anything <laughs> playing guitar like they would teach you like some theory i've taken years of theory stuff and it's really not stuck with me uh it's more been about like feeling and ear training and stuff mm -hmm. but um we just got to play guitar and i met some of my closest friends just we would go to school uh, with our like favorite songs and try to learn them together. And I was always doing like bass or like I was always doing stuff that wasn't as good because it, it was a long time with that. And I still struggle with some stuff like that of like, oh, you know, the musician mind of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not the good criticism, enough. The inner criticism. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll buy a bass and I'll be the bassist. And that was probably the most pivotal thing about starting to write and play guitar because bass is such a rhythmic instrument. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a kid, you don't understand that you're like, oh, I got to play bass. That sucks. Yeah. Some of the best, you know, rhythms and, and beats and everything, it's all dictated bass. by the relationship yeah. between uh, the bass and drums. And that yeah. flowing motion of like the backbeat. That's how I write songs today. I really mm -hmm. start with a backbeat or a kick pattern yeah. and bass kind of carries that. And then whatever I'm doing on guitar can kind of like bob and weave through yeah. that. Um, and I think I didn't stumble into 
like singing or songwriting until way later. I just wrote songs on my guitar. Um, yeah, it all comes with time. Yeah. But I get what you're saying there with like, you know, the, the drums are really the root instrument, if you think about it, right? Yeah, what, drum and What bass. did we have when we were fucking cavemen pounding our chest, right? That's what exactly. we had was percussion. Yeah. Right? And so I see that as that is the start. That's the root right there. So it's only crazy. It's crazy how it all works like that. And like you said, feeling, right? You could learn all oh. this theory in the world and it's feeling. I never learned any theory. I don't really play instruments. I play the fucking piano a little bit through the keyboard. Right. But it's all feeling for me. You know? Yeah. There, there are people that I know uh, that take no theory amazing musicians and uh whoops and there's also people that um are all theory and no creativity yeah and, that's there's a, yeah. and they're so they're doing math i think they're they're more right. trying to fit into something and one of the best uh lines that i heard it was probably earlier this year one of my friends who's super creative and really talented with theory and his knowledge uh, with that stuff, but he goes, you learn the rules of theory to break them. So know how to break them. And it, that inspired me to try more to get, uh, more accustomed with it, but it's, it's crazy how music is so subjective and, you know, to you, this could be your whole world in a song to somebody else. It could be yeah, that's not my thing, you know? And yeah. I think that's the that's the everlasting uh quality of music to, yeah. to people. We find meaning through through certain things and we really like project ourselves and latch on to things. Um and you know, it's almost like how people can interpret uh different song meanings. And I know we were kind of touching on this before, but like when I write something, I, I'm I'm trying to write something kind of abstract and get stuff off my chest, but not to not to say I'm being direct and this is what this is about. It's, it's poetic. Yeah, and it, and I've had people go, "Hey, is this about addiction?" And I'm like, "No, no. but that's awesome if it feels like you can connect with it and yeah. and it helps you in a certain way." Yeah, here's an interesting thing too about music is. You'll listen to something at a young age. You'll love the song, for example. Then you listen to it a little later in your life, a little different perspective. Something else is going on. Then you notice things that you didn't notice before. You see the song maybe even a little differently from based on maybe a lyric. You kind of, and music has that quality. Same with art. And I, I almost view it. Sometimes I view like paintings and art and stuff. Like once it just sits there and dries over time, it kind of take something not a new form but something about it is it's just ages with it right you know what i yeah, mean like and, fine, and fine whiskey or same something. with the music same with the sound right how we're how we're at the start of this talking about how we're going uh you use the some of the vintage equipment you know music's still, the closest thing to, use a, that. to a time machine <laughs> that's crazy it, it really is because i mean i love that i you know i never really thought about that it, it really is and i and i and i want to say that your senses, you know, like it's almost like when you smell something and it reminds you of like nostalgia or like somewhere you've been. Sure. Same with a song. And like, even if it's something you haven't heard in like 10 plus years, you hear it, you are flooded with 
that experience or like, you know, same, even being around you, man. I mean, I think that like, it puts a lot of things in perspective, like, wow, you know, um, there's, there's certain moments in time that like, same with art and same with paintings and stuff, you're capturing something. And like that moment in time, it's like, it's stillness. And mm -hmm. however much you grow or like that's same, same to be said about like the older generation when they're older and they hear something and it takes them back, you know, that's the time machine aspect that I'm talking about, about like yeah. being able to take in those moments and really connect with that and really like know where you're at. It isn't, it is ingrained in our senses. You know, it's like, that's why I guess making music, it's, it's almost a little spiritual and, you know, you feel connected to something. Mm -hmm. And like you said, music was always there. And what's incredible is you take those Alzheimer's patients, right? People that have dementia or Alzheimer's yeah. and then they they do the music uh, theory or therapy, music therapy, and they start remembering things or they just like instantly just start play. dancing and yeah. play and yeah, I mean, Amazing it's, there's something about that where it's like, I've almost looked at it as like, you're tapping into something. Yeah. You know, scientists who fucking create crazy equations and somehow, you know, we have planes that fly and cars that go yeah, and, and Wi-Fi and all this wild shit. And it's all coming out of your fucking head at an equation. You're tapping into something, you know, far greater than us. It changes the world. And um, it's almost like, these little actions that at the time we have no idea what's fucking happening because we're kids, but they rippled. Butterfly and even effect. though we're, we've been separated or whatever for years, it, that rippled and resonated enough where we ended up doing our own things with virtually no communication, man. I yeah, kind of no, just like not kept up with you and you know, whatever life takes life goes and you just start rolling with it. And you're as kids, we're just constantly different every year. You're a little different and, yeah, it's I, I this one is like this friendship and and uh it's it is one of those pivotal ones where it's that's the reason why I why I keep going with the music. It's like all these connections we make with all these artists and musicians that mm -hmm. you've met and it just v validates what yeah. you're doing. You even know? even it's it's music to me has always been my gravity and I think that I, don't, I that's a cheesy line but I, I mean that sincerely, like everybody I know, or I've met, or I've been involved with, at some point has stemmed from music, whether I've chose to accept it or not, or whether I've, you know, really understood it in a certain way, because obviously the conventional, conventional, like, nine to five life has something that's never stuck right with me, mm -hmm. just because like that gut feeling of like, I... I know there's more and I, and I, I think when I, um, I was 16 or 17 at that same high school and I've been playing in a band for a year and what's funny is like my first like real band, um, everybody in some shape or form is doing art and music still. And two of them were from Celebration. Uh, one was from Kissimmee and, um, another guy's a firefighter and was in the military, but he's from Kissimmee too. Um, but I was the the young gun kid from uh, Harmony Celebration, and I, I I didn't have a car, you know, like I wasn't well off as a kid by any means. So um, it it was I used to go to all these places. I met all these people that I still know now that are all doing music in their own shape or form. And mm -hmm. it's like my first band consisted of somebody uh, who's doing 
Uh, really awesome tattoo work now. Yeah. Uh, another guy's in a really cool band. Uh, they're called Broadside. They're they're like pop rock type stuff. My one of my best friends. I grew up playing uh, Kissimmee Cowboys football with since I was eleven. So around the same time I knew you. He's in a band uh, called Hungover, and they're from Orlando. He's a barber dad. He's an awesome guy. Shout out, Mark. I love you, man. And um, yeah, and the other guy, uh, anybody who was involved in that original project, we're all doing, like, I do really, like, niche post-rock inspired rock music, but um, everybody's still doing their own thing. And I think that, like, that, those those things, like you're saying, as a kid, and those ripple effects of, like, little moments that change your trajectory and really just open up your world. Um, I played hard rock when I was 17 and I opened up for Hollywood Undead. Uh, we came as Romans, this band Drugs, which was like the Chiodos guys band. Uh, I did that at a really young age. And I remember I was sitting in like the John Lennon room in the hard rock. Cause, and like the funny story was they didn't even think we were allowed to be there. So like, there's all these tour buses going in. And then like, I remember we had one of my friends with a, this girl, uh, she let us use her excursion. And so we have all our stuff loaded up to the brim. Uh, looking back at it, it was a bad, you know, like we didn't have merchandise with us, but we didn't make any money. This was your first, it sounds yeah. like one of the first like crazy shows. really. Yeah, it, it was. And I remember the roadies were coming out and they were like laughing. Cause they were like, they were like <clears throat> a whole team Who's of like school of rock of 30, here? 30 plus people of all these dudes. And they're like, yeah, we'll move your fucking, uh, half stack or whatever. And lo and behold, we're playing with like bigger bands and like an actual crowd. And like, I remember a huge crowd. Probably. Yeah. If yeah, it's I, at the hard rock at universal right there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're walking in or outside or something. Yeah. No, inside. inside. The co- oh, okay. It was like a Coliseum type oh, shit. Oh my goodness. Dude. And I remember walking up the, the back ramp and I was thinking the stage was like right there and it was this giant room. But I actually was, I had to turn left and I turned left and it was even bigger than I imagined. <laughs> and I remember we were sound checking and uh, my drummer at the time, he had like a decent kit, but the way it was mic'd up, I remember him checking his kit. He kicked it once and I felt the whole <sighs> fucking place shake. And I was just like, wow. Like, I was like, oh, I was like, this is above oh, my fucking hear everything. grade. Yeah, yeah. I was like, we're going to suck. <laughs> like in HD, you know, I could only imagine what all these fucking you know, paid career musicians are thinking of like, <laughs> how the fuck did this happen? Uh, Hell yeah. So it gave you a little taste of what's to come. Oh, right? it, that's what it, it is. For me, it was like, I had speakers going over me like a tunnel, like of just shit that I could hear. And you guys didn't even practice beforehand. Uh, or we, did you? We, did we, you run a sound check? We definitely and stuff? did. We, we sound checked. In but front I just, of everybody though? Oh uh, yeah. I'm sure those guys were like, what the fuck? Like how? I mean, like we were, we were all right, but I mean, like we were kids, dude. So yeah. I, you know, I, I still take that experience. You guys as, probably still crushed it. You know what I mean? I mean, I freaking hope so. I, I just, remember, I mean, you didn't hear boo. No, right? no, exactly. no. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to because of like how loud the <laughs> fucking quality was. But 
I, I don't think we did bad or anything, but yeah, I just remember so, us not like just did your thing at the time. Yeah, we were kids. We had, we did not seize the opportunity. We had right. No merch, no like sales. Like they just like picked up a little fish at, at like a, a pond and just threw oh, it into but like it a bigger. My life. It yeah. was like I told myself I was like, how am I gonna do this every day? Yeah, that's that's really what happened then, and I was just like, I remember kids that that were older than me in high school that didn't really like i was on the announcements too yeah. so like i was like that fucking dude you're practicing the voice dude practicing the <laughs> yeah. communication you know uh it was probably my bad amateur humor if anything <laughs> but uh it's, I, I remember they're coming up to me and they're like dude that's so crazy you were playing and it's like uh, that was my yeah. friend and i'm like i've never talked like you never talked to me yeah and I, I got that early wow, taste. Wow, they started of, fanboying, right? Well, I got, yeah, I got that early taste of like, of like uh, people looking at you a different way. Yeah, but in the sense of like, it was not genuine. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's and like, that's oh, now that I do me. this, you're fucking into me. Right, right. And it was all, I'm still that, I was still that same super short fat kid. I just, you know, I just had a guitar in my hand and I was in a different area, but. <laughs> For the most part, dude, it was just one of those things, man, where people can really latch on to something and, and you know, that's how I knew that that self-worth wasn't, like, I didn't want that, whatever that was. Yeah, so. Yeah, people, whatever, man. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I still get that now uh, of just, like, I don't know, there's there's just like this unspoken it's like we were talking about before it's kind of about respect there's like mm-hmm. this unspoken like like i spent years of just like feeling feeling out situations and people and stuff and like i don't know there's there's more there's more to be said about the generation of instant uh especially with like tiktok and all yeah, and yeah. it was vine before and yep, yep. snapchat and it's like this instant gratification mm-hmm. And that, you know, because you put yourself somewhere around something that involves you to be, you know, empowered with popular or cool. Yeah. And and, I mean, there's something to be said. It's 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 a facade. It's not it's not like a genuine thing. I mean, that's everything, though. I mean, I think that's like that that could be used in every aspect like relationships or mm-hmm, career mm-hmm. or whatever you can take that picture smiling or all dressed up but at the end of the day that's probably not you yeah. you know i mean just to, to the same point that could be mm-hmm. but good you know yeah, everyone's got a different path i've found that with artists it seems like yeah not not that everybody's like this but a couple of us a little harder time with relationships or whatever and um it is that gener it's the generation it's the instant gratification it's the fucking what people are aspiring to be or think they they have to be and people that don't people that fanboy or or whatever just fucking like like that's that's a follower you know what i mean everybody's and, something and people that create or people that do things on their own take time to reflect and know who they who they really are those people we're just going to think different you know <clears throat> And I guess it's it's a balance of whatever. It's but our generation is definitely weird with this whole instant. Oh, I mean, some people instant instant. It's changing music, it. right? <laughs> it's changing music because now people think you got to put content out there. 
it is and you know it's like music and art it's not necessarily content you know it's it's a numbers game well when when you get into the you know the 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 music business always got like flack you know even before the internet and now it's even even more uh, i think that like now it's like analytics and stats and numbers and trends and and you know you don't have the internet following or like you don't have those things people don't think of you as expendable they think of you as you know what you're worth is measured in a click and right. and it's and it's hard to purely business yeah no it, it, it it's purely business most what are your people, numbers what are your sales this month basically yeah. and your tiktok followers i know that there's some labels now that are mm -hmm. just like what's your tiktok like and you're like oh um i didn't you know use a sound clip and make a weird face or do yeah a it's like is that a necessity or, or can i have like two of the things you know what i mean right. like this shit is good you know <laughs> yeah no i mean you have i i just separating yourself from and and this is like something that i struggle with of like having both feet dipping into different things to make the same course um it's a process and it's something ever changing and it's something that you know you have to strategize and market and you gotta like like i, I try to think of everything in like the big picture and like it's it definitely dwindles my creativity sometimes being so caught up in like how are we going to do the next step or mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. this got to look like and you know luckily i've 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 tried to take my experiences from filling in with other bands or like being in around other people and like picking people's brains or just being just there to see it and just kind of taking in that experience beforehand and you know like you said like taking your time and really doing what you want to do for the sake of being true to yourself is so much it has so much more weight i think because you know um like i was saying before everybody's like something like everybody can be a dj everybody can be something and it's like to stand out from that what are you doing that's different and if you're mm -hmm. if you're not you you must be killer on on the internet with your personality or something because there's a lot of people that i mean like i said music's subjective so but there's some people that like i know that they're not being creative or something they're doing it because they know what hits or whatever and that's cool too like hey i respect whatever anybody wants to do i'm not one to judge i just think for me it's just for me it's not about not about what anybody else thinks i think it's more about like what resonates with me and i find inspiration in all kinds of stuff yeah it's almost like uh musicians and creatives and i'm sure there's platforms out there that are trying this but they need their own platform that specifically labels can see if that's where you're doing well because instagram to make it on instagram and TikTok, where it's not just music it's everything else <clears throat> so realistically what does it have to do with music anyways right in terms of your numbers but they need we need like our own platform that that's what maybe labels use because Instagram, all that shit's all personality. Yeah, and and the and like I was saying, everybody's like a DJ or like a performer or something. Same with labels, dude. Any you know, 
anybody with a little bit of chump change or like some money or like they want to flip something, they say, Hey, we'll give you this, but this is what we want back. You know, you can be a label if you do the internet marketing and there's all kinds of stuff, you know, like the ins and outs of just, um, knowing, knowing what your situation is, being aware, being true to what, you know, your values are, um, those, those standards are so important. And I think that like being able to identify, you know, everything that's laid out in front of you and just, you know, not necessarily biting at every opportunity, but just listening, you know, is so important because, you know, there's always, there's always the psychology behind, Hey, either somebody's trying to make a buck off of you. Somebody's giving you an opportunity. Somebody's, you know, uh, genuinely just wanting to be there to, to help or collaborate or something. There's all, you know, everything's, everything's like in our society. It seems like it's just me, 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 me. You oh know? yeah. I think well, it's yeah. How, how humans think, you know, that it's all about the ego. Yeah. You know? And so ego death, man, it's important. When I think now, recently I've been really thinking, and maybe I think subconsciously I've been thinking this way, but recently I've been thinking like it's become more clear that it's more about just creating and doing something positive and influencing other people and, you know, living your life the way you want it to and tapping into that spiritual side of it. And and yet we have this whole other thing that's like a guiding force almost and just everyday society now you know and who knows what how it's gonna fucking lead to you know it's already done some shit yeah <laughs> it's our i mean every you know was it uh i was talking about this the other day and i know that you're in education stuff of like the trend of like vandalizing <clears throat> bathrooms yeah they're doing the tiktok trends or yeah. whatever which our our bathrooms kind of got vandalized and then now i saw i read an article that there's a tiktok trend called slap your teacher oh shit <laughs> so it's, if, it's, if i get slapped by a student i am just gonna be heated not even heated i'm just gonna be so bummed out yeah no i would i'm just too. gonna look at him and be like you seriously fucked up dude. yeah no no seriously i mean the, Let's go to the office. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to call it. your mom. No, 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 that's it. You're out of the school, bro. Right, you can't man. go ahead and slap your authority. By all means, question some things and this and that, you know, but but I'm not no fucking yeah. horrible teacher. No, here. no, I'm not at all. Not at all. Um, I could be your coolest teacher. What's your problem? You know? Yeah. And, and oh, man, I have such a deep respect for the education uh you know, industry and not it's not an industry, it's it's people. Um and influencing the youth and and just talking about like how passionate you are about art and creativity and, and connecting with people, you get to pass that on to other people and the next generation. And I think that is so commendable and like I admire the shit out of you for that. And anybody else who were to listen that's a teacher or, or a parent, because you know, we, we all grow up and there's people that resonate with us that um, really can open up a whole nother world. And I, I know for a fact that, um, you know, somebody like you or somebody like, uh, you know, positively in an art community or anything like that, and you're passing something on to them, that that's really cool shit. And I, and I think that, you know, 
anybody in healthcare, education, or anything like that, and being able to give in a world, like you said, where it's all me, 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 that's a selfless act. And that's like super courageous. So yeah, cheers yeah. to you, dude. I mean, dude, the way I look at it is, I don't know if I'll be a teacher forever like this, you know, but, but you did I it. think that it's whatever, everything in my life has been, I guess, just training me for whatever moment I'm at. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's the way I've always looked at it, whether it was through all the music and those connections, interning at studios and opening up, help open up studios and, you know, making my own music for years and the, the people I've met, all of that shit, man. It's like, it's just led me to that. So now that it, it skateboarding is what got me to teaching. How crazy is that? That's, skateboarding that's awesome. is what got me to teaching because I got contracts through this one company to uh teach skateboard lessons after school that's that they killer. had that's awesome and then through that it was like hey i'm also finishing up a degree in art i could teach these kids art classes on tuesdays make a make a couple extra dollars yeah no that's awesome dude. and so that's how it started and then i was like you know what i'll just be a teacher for a bit and the way i look at it is like i don't know if i'm gonna be a teacher forever right i'm definitely gonna give myself a solid amount of years, you know, five has been kind of popping into my head. Five years. Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that I've just been, and the way I think about it is like, I'm just going to influence these kids to be creative, but most of all passionate about what they do. Even I know that not all of them are going to be artists. Some of them, right. some of them's going to be a, a mechanic. Right. Someone's going to be an influencer. Someone's yeah, going to be. I mean, uh, yeah, this day and age, there's a whole line you know? of jobs that didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to be working at Starbucks through college. Someone's right? going to Someone... have a pyramid scheme. <laughs> someone's <laughs> going to have a pyramid scheme. Yeah, someone's selling some shit. Someone's, someone's going to go to jail, you know? Um, and so my, I just want – it's it's a weird thing where it's like I look at it as more of like, yeah, I'm teaching them art. I'm also teaching you a little bit of philosophy at a, at a young yeah, age to kind of think and just here's here's what kind of life is and be real with you at times, especially the middle schoolers where they're in a spot where I remember that. And I remember how almost not chaotic, but it could be chaotic for certain kids, you know, and it's chaotic for me, dude, you know, for exactly. So it's like through all the friends I've met and stuff I've gone through, I sympathize with all of these kids. And so when there's yeah. something going on, I try to communicate with them first. Right. I try to reason always, you know, be that person that you didn't have. And I think that that just goes to show like, doesn't matter if it was through skateboarding or anything that the intention and the the motive behind it in general is so rad you know like i i just i think about it this way of of just being able to be there for somebody and just be not judgmental mm -hmm. it's so important nowadays and especially with all the movements and all the different stuff that's been going on in the world it's like i think everybody just needs to listen and and it starts with those younger kids it starts with the next generation i think yeah. that's a lot of the misleading uh a lot of the stuff that's caused friction even in the last 4 years um has been just the lack of generational listening yeah and and cuz everyone's got a voice on the internet right. and everyone's shouting at each other yeah and in in the, my classes when they're all talking and they get super loud it's cuz they're all fucking talking at once mm -hmm. and it's like hey this is not how you have conversations. No. And you guys need to talk and then you listen while they're talking and then 
when they're done, you fucking start talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? This I is, mean, dude, and everyone gets ADHD, so loud. I'll so. tell them, you guys are at a seven. <laughs> you know, if your volume picture of volume on your car, you're at a seven. I need it down to a three or a four. We need to chill the fuck out, yeah. basically. No, you know, cool. that's cool. You're giving it to you know. You just need like a like a fake uh, fader. You need to make a paper mache fader. <laughs> And just be able to control the volume limit with oh, a little. Oh, that's movable. a good idea. Oh, I'm that's all, a good idea. Yeah, I'm all, I'm an idea guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> so working with all these other people, it it has helped you become uh, more creative. And when you were talking about earlier about the, you know, how you have to be with certain things and uh, who you work with, you kind of will cater to that sound or this or that. It forces you to the way I think you should look at it is like you probably already do. It's all practice. It's all like just making you better and um that's that's probably what's going to make it i guess a little easier for you with your personal project to make the right decisions as to what it is because now you kind of have a wider view of skill sets that you've you know polished and so when you want to do what you want to do you you have the the sharp tools the skills ready to ready to go and and try to execute it as best to your abilities and the shit that you were showing me earlier i mean dude it's it, it's, it's it's tremendous music man thank you man it really i i'm going to say man it's my favorite sound out of all the people that i know that make music that means a lot and that me. is I'll saying a lot because there's a lot of people right and you know a lot of people that make music and yeah but this is very nostalgic to me and you saying that i'm the person who introduced you to circus survive yeah you did. I, and i i didn't had no idea about that i forgot about that and me listening to it and i i'm i've always told you dude this reminds me of circus survive this That's reminds awesome, me of circus survive and so unspokenly there's the, there was that connection of like that music and so to me it was resonating in that way and in a sense it kind of resonates with you in that way and, and we just never even really yeah there's this disgusted like or, wavelength. yeah I, I will say to your point though um with all the stuff that i've learned hasn't i mean it's the artist lifestyle of like trial and error mm-hmm. uh fucking up, making mistakes, mm -hmm. uh, being in a band when I was 15, as opposed to I'm almost 28 now, and I've played shows over that span of time. Um, I've lost friends over dumb arguments as a kid, and that ripple effect, you know, of that stuff, and you learn. And I've also lost people over the years, and I, I feel like some of the most important things I learned were the bad shows in other states. Right. Or were the, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Or like, you know, um, and the people that you do meet and collaborate with, um, the guy uh, in our band, his name is Tony. Um, he's one of my best friends. Uh, he plays a completely different style of music. I met him through somebody else that I was touring with who needed a roommate. Ended up becoming really good friends. I lived with him for years. And he's such a talented dude. And, you know, he's traveled with me all these different states and done all this crazy shit for just maybe, for just maybe something, you know. And that, and that collaboration of, like, everybody in our band comes from different backgrounds of styles and stuff. And although, it, although it's, like, 
my vision, I guess, because everybody else plays in different music. I feel like I learn so much from taking a step back of like what I would want. Like, I mean, I think I'm really hands-on with the art approach and with the stylistic approach, but some of the stuff that Tony or Chris, he's a guy, uh, our guy in Atlanta. Um, he, uh, we met him at a random show two years ago before, uh, we went on our first tour and, uh, He's been awesome. He's the one who introduced us to a lot of cool people. Um, and all the people we've collaborated with, uh, they all come from different backgrounds. And I like to think of it as a Venn diagram mm -hmm. of like, yeah, we have that common ground of like stuff we like, but this guy hears it one way. This guy hears it one way. Everybody records in our band. So like everybody's got the tools to do whatever they want to do, but that collaboration and that almost like push and pull and, it's not always an easy conversation. Mm -hmm. you That's know, a great not... way to look at it. You mean a Venn diagram is like, if I'm recalling correctly, it's the circles, right? Yeah, yeah. And the then you have the they little thing, they interlock mm -hmm. in the middle. So you have all these different ones that connect, but they all connect in the middle. Right. So I'm like the really obscure, like a, I listen to instrumental music. That's cool, like, man. yeah, like I listen to instrumental music with a bunch of effects. One mm -hmm. guy's really poppy rock yeah. stuff. The other guy's like a heavy guy. Yeah. And to, to mesh all that stuff together mm -hmm. and to not go, hey, this is about me, what I want, what's right. It's more like, what can we compromise on? What do, what are we putting out there? What mm -hmm. are we doing this for? And if it's enough to get you to get into a car and, and put yourself out there, or if it's enough to, you know, make you almost seem like you're making the wrong decision. Because I mean, like, dude, I, when I think about it, you know, I, I would always have <laughs> this inner turmoil of like, my life would be so different if I didn't play music. Shit yeah. would be a lot easier for, at a lot of points. Yeah. In, in different aspects. I you mean, you never like, know, though. The grass is always greener. Exactly. You know? Exactly. This this thing. Yeah. It's like we have this interesting di dilemma with this where I've always felt, did I choose this fucking thing or did it choose me? Why is it that I'm doing something else in life, music and art and everything just always pulls me back in? Exactly. You know, what, yeah. like, what is it about this where it's like, this is, this is a, a purpose thing. It's this purpose, is a purpose yeah. thing. It's also why, you know, I think you and I look at things uh, very similar, you know, in terms of what's going on around us because we know who we are. And so when we see people that we love or care about or get to know that are, you know, not not like that right it's yeah. a little harder to see whether it's like damn you could tell that person just doesn't know themselves yet yeah you know and, and uh there's sorry to cut you off I, no you're I, good i was i was about it i just mean like there's a lot of people even within my own family that i don't agree eye to eye with of course all, and, it'll always be like that and yeah and and friends and and all this stuff but there is that mutual respect and that that want to understand and see it from a different point of view to not always be right to be able to listen and to learn and to admit when you fucked up you know and i i've written a lot of stuff really introspective like like uh i've had people you know give up on what i was doing or like people that aren't there for the right reasons or mm -hmm. or like even even the song second wind it's like that that song we put out that's so special to me because that was my like for better for worse 
I'm just going to do it myself. Your breakup song. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't a breakup song. No, but no that's you funny, know what I funny. mean, yeah, right? Yeah, it's no. not a breakup with your girl or whatever. It's a breakup with the, the band, in a sense. It, not it, that it might have been anything negative, but no, it's like it's no. a departure from each other. It was a departure from how I viewed myself. It, mm -hmm. it really wasn't like personal. It was more like, it was like, you know, I don't know where I'm going to go mm -hmm. and how, where it's going to take me, but I'm going to do it because that's what is real. And to, to go do all these things that seem unreachable, like, like recording with the person that we recorded with, his name is Matt. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, he recorded a lot of my favorite bands and, to even be there was a bucket list for me, like something I thought I'd never do in my whole life. And just randomly having that opportunity to do it. And to, you know, this band it was my uh, first real attempt about putting money towards me singing, mm -hmm. or me doing stuff that's different. And it was really putting a lot of faith in myself. Um, even when it seemed like I didn't have it. And I felt like, I've learned so much about myself in these process, like how far I'm willing to go. Uh, what am, what am I willing to give up? You know, what am I willing to sacrifice? Yeah. I'm making my life a lot harder, but I rather, I rather it be tough and, uh, honest, mm -hmm. uh, instead of like doing the white picket fence, doing the, you know, the traditional, like, mm -hmm. Hey, go be this or do this. Like I was told to go to the military my whole life. I'm so anti. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm last so... thing I'd want to do is kill somebody. Bro. Yeah. No. And, and I, I think I've always had a, pro like I've had really just aggro PTS ridden people in my life that are like, like, I was like, dude, I never want to be that. Yeah. And I was, I'm a late bloomer when it comes to school too, because I was so forced like down that path other than like, if I saw it as a way to expand myself and learn, because I, I have from it uh, later as an adult, but I think that like growing up, it would have been so much timing. timing yeah, it was wasn't right. It's it, timing, yeah, right, right. How, how can you get a taste of performing at the Hard Rock Stadium? And fucking then the next day you got to go to statistics or whatever and try and get into yeah. a good college right. when you just got a taste of like, like you said, how am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Right. That you was my, I mean? that was now, my, now I got to get bulb. sent to fucking school to, to whatever, figure something else out. I mean, obviously continue I have playing that moment music. Still, that that, yeah, that yeah. post post show or post tour or post anything. You're yeah. like, well, now I got to go do something else. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like, no, I don't have to, you don't have to, yeah. I don't you have to accept that. Yeah. And, and whether it's a friend that wants to create or whether it's, somebody wanting a design for something or like yeah. whatever. And they give me the outlet to be creative. Yeah. That's so important to me. Like you said, it was uh, earlier. It's about being open-minded like yeah. that, you oh, know, man. like, you know, I've got the, the traditional job, but it was because I was open-minded enough and I turned it into a way where it's like, I'm not teaching. You did it an unconventional or, way and you, you made know? it your own. That's exactly. Art. So, that's art. you know, there's, I, I made it through like, contracts and shit like that mm -hmm. like prior to actually be you know getting in there and becoming a teacher and yeah. so and that was all through just actually being the anti-school guy right 
I, that was all for me skating on campus and getting in trouble at FAU. Right. That was for me having professors that Shout either loved security. me or they fucking hated me. Right. right. I had professors that would either help me out and be, you know, great const- uh, with criticism and everything. And those are the ones I kind of try to emulate in a sense right. with the with the shit that I'm teaching and how I conduct a classroom and stuff. And but there were others that just like for some reason. And what's interesting is sometimes I emulate those those professors too. Yeah. The professors that were assholes to me and I took it personal. I am I emulate that now because now I force kid now I'm like, if I see a kid, I know he could do better and he's talking the whole time and he's doing this or that and he's not using his time efficiently, because right. that's all the project really is. Use your time efficiently. Then that's the kid I'm gonna be harshest on. And you're a product of your environment. And like, I I turned into that asshole teacher that I uh, not that I hated, but I was like, wow, she's picking on me, she's failing yeah, like, me, whatever. You're a kid, you don't you don't know any better, right? You know, you're right. just you're taking that all in, and it's like it's like, dude, I know you could do better. Yeah, just I'm all I'm asking is, but this, but that. And I always got an excuse. You're on their team. I don't want to hear excuses. You're on their team, and <laughs> that's that's the reality. Is like, you know, I have tons of friends that are parents now, you know, and and like to instill yourself. And to, you know, like, and to pass on, you know, the hope that you don't have to endure what I endured. Yeah. That, that's a selfless act. And that's such a hard. How is your family doing? How's your mom doing? Dude? My mom's doing great. She's killing it as a realtor. Yeah. You know, she's still. I, dude, I got home. my whole homes, goofy personality from her. So she was she's a fun great. Lady. She's yeah. my biggest fan. And she's of also. Course. She's probably so proud of you, dude. Dude, she, she. How's she really doing? sacrificed a lot for me growing up. Yeah. And one of the other things I will say is when I was a kid, we, we um, my parents divorced when I was really young, before celebration, before all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom always did what she could to give me something to, to be happy about. And I remember one at one point, Super Smash Brothers came out uh on nintendo 64 and i didn't i was a poor kid i was with a single mom she had a baby and me and i was like seven or eight and uh yeah so i was like seven or eight and um basically i just remember i was like begging her for this game and nintendo 64 cartridge at that point was 60 dollars. you know shout out the 90s you still, know? still that overpriced for a right. fucking game. Yeah, and uh, it was a hot commodity, and I was like, "It's still a hot commodity. It still <laughs> works." I still play Super Smash Bros. What's oh, up? Of course, no, no, uh, no. But um, I remember my mom did all she could to to get that for me, and she did. And I remember we didn't have any money to eat that week, and my mom would. I swear, I grew up eating sugar cookies. Because <laughs> my, I, it's the truth, dude. And like, cause she didn't have anything yeah. else. My mom was a great baker. Wow. And I remember, you know, my mom was like, well, we can either like have food for the week or like we can have this game. And I remember giving up the game after having it for two days to just have money for my family to eat. And, and big I, life lesson at a young age. Oh man, that stuck with me to the core. And like, I would go. To the it's edge like, of the oh, earth this is mom. the value of money right. at a young age. You yeah, know? and I some I, kids don't get that. A lot of kids don't get that. I know, and and the 
to say, you know, there's so much strength into for single mothers to to go above and beyond for their families and and to still have a smile on her, you know, face after all of that and right. to get to where she is now. Not I'm, be stressed, not take it out on you like some other people yeah, do. No, you know, unfortunately. She's, she's she's awesome and she's always shown kindness even through crazy adversity. And I'll never forget that. And I, I think that it's one of those things that like you know, other than other than like, I don't know how she would end up with like really a military dude. If it didn't line up, but that's beside the point. But then they're still together to this day. Uh, which what my stepdad and my mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. yeah. So and then, long time. And you met he came into the picture when in celebration? Uh, no, uh, Sarasota. Like, uh, yeah, when I was in Sarasota Prior. for a little bit. So yeah. you were still a young, young kid. Ten. So he's like, been around most of your life, and yeah, yeah, we we. He he and I we had we had some some beef as a kid and it, and you know it's the it's the young boy who needs a, a male role model right and unfortunately whoever male role model that is father or whatever there's gonna be that tension at that young age because oh, as yeah. a kid you're just figuring it out and and there's also tension on their end because they're also figuring out how to fucking deal with a teenager right you know and I, a teenage son that like a couple years ago you guys were boys and then now this kid's just like i hate you yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> dude I, I oh man i you had know so that, many it's crazy as we get older now we see the other side perspective where parents are like you'll you'll know when you're older you'll know when you have kids or whatever and yeah. it's like yeah, now you're in the middle of that where you see bo- a little bit of both ends. Oh, know? yeah. The and kid I'm, I'm end lucky. and the, the, the adult end. It's tough. Yeah. No, I'm I'm lucky to have a dad uh, and a stepdad and a stepmom uh, that all are so different in so many ways. But I feel like... It's a family. Yeah. No, and, and the values that were instilled in me were were manners and were you know, treating people with respect, call, I, you know, calling people sir and ma'am and, and yeah, those repressed memories of like, Hey, don't do that shit because you know, if not, you're going to be super not feeling good about it. So mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, molded me to, to at least be kind and be respectful, but don't, don't take any shit either. Right. That that's, I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like our generation is almost the last cut of that generation to mm-hmm. have a little bit of that old school. Um, it really, it's crazy. Like, like that last bit of the nineties <clears throat> where, Hey, you're fucking nice to your neighbor and everything. Your people around you, it's all about family and loyalty and don't take shit. Right. Be a nice guy. Don't fucking take shit. Right. Like growing up, my dad taught me how to defend myself, mm-hmm. taught me when to resort to some sort of violence if that really need need be. And it's only, you know, if it's something really bad, if someone's fucking beating on a woman or if, you know, something gets out or somebody steps over line where it's like, that's what you have to do. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? protecting the people you care about and and, and to be a defender. Right that's, a, you know, I, I feel like now with this whole uh, as well that we were talking about social medias and stuff. The the whole thing of oh it's toxic masculinity masculinity right and and to almost demonize just being a being a bit of a man being a bit of rougher obviously there's people piece of shit people out there that you know are fucked up right yeah. and they're crazy and they do bad things you know men and women um, but to but men have that energy of like being direct 
you know, having to provide, having to uh, be gentlemen, but and chivalrous, but also be defenders. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a, it's a very, it's underspoken. I feel like it's and, a very wide and and interpretive. You know, like like when when we're talking about like the toxic masculinity stuff, like. I, I mean it from the fact of like being able to stand up for yourself and defend and 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 to be, you know, like direct and headstrong. I, I agree with all that stuff. I think it's more like the everything from like uh how do I put that? Uh it's more along the lines of like stuff like uh not being like bro esque, but the way you care like treating people and, and right. caring yourself. That that's right. the part that's bad. That's, I, yeah. I think the overall like normal of just being able to yeah, like you're saying, we're cut from the same cloth of like, you know, being able to It doesn't mean it, have to be loud, have to be bombastic. I'm not talking about those watch out Exactly. For. It's not about those qualities. It's about the person who is observant. The person who speaks when they know when to speak. Right. You know, the person who knows what what they're capable of and right. and has control of that that is i feel like what maybe might be lacking in our generation and i'm i'm hoping that maybe i could teach some sort of that as i figure it out as well obviously but teach some of that to the to the young men and um you know to to love themselves enough to go after mm-hmm. shit and and but you have to work hard it's like this this you know, I look at even the the way we dress, right? Mm-hmm. The way we dress. How was it that in fucking the 1920s and 30s, everybody's just suited up, dressed to the nines, fitted, looking fucking steezy all the time. And then now we got, you know, sweatpant month and whatever, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like people in flip flops and fucking long socks and, you know. A lot of that it was would have been cool by, to like, see that royalty. style evolve a little bit. Sure, royalty, I guess. And so. Like uh, what you mean, like the dressing up religion as religion and royalty, right, and, right. and how they depicted it. Sure, I think there's something steezy though and classy about it. And yeah. uh, I, you know, not that I'm knocking down. I mean, I'm a skateboarder. You know, I like jeans and yeah. fucking skate shoes and yeah. shirt. You know, band shirts and shit like that. But even that, just kind of mannerism and or whatever, like presenting oneself how right. you present yourself it, you funny know? story about that i mean i want to not i want to say like the last two relationships i've had uh the the last few girls are like why are you wearing a polo or like why are you wearing like a button on it's like damn i just want to look presentable Dude, because i'm 27 years old right right dress for <laughs> you the know job what I mean? you want you know i'm Shit. feeling a little different i'm feeling a little older i just fucking paid bills yeah, I'm gonna tuck my shirt in. You know I what care. I mean? Yeah, like, like it's it's so funny. It's like it's like that's a red flag for me right there. It's like damn, they're at a younger mentality. Myself, what do you know? want me to do? Fucking wear a, a black t-shirt and a fucking gold chain like yeah, every other me, douchebag in the yeah, fucking let bar? Me, let me pull out my uh, my boyfriend uniform. Yeah, just yeah. To... Oh, okay, baby, I'll put on the pink chubbies for you. Yeah, well, fuck that, dude. Yeah, dude. I I I'm wearing black, babe. I'm yeah, wearing wait, black. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, you know, I, it, 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 expressing yourself and being, you know, involved with anybody, like if if you're not able to express yourself and just be yourself, you're you're not you're not with the right person. Yeah. I, I straight up like I'm I'm so anti with a lot of stuff. So like to be, to be like, 
I don't know. I, I just can't be contained, man. I'm it's, just a ball, it's a of, weird thing. ball of impulsiveness. I, I think what I was also trying to say earlier, right, was like um, artists in relationships, man. You're you're so committed. You have to be so committed to your art and your craft that not all the times it's going to work out for you know, for you in this in a relationship. And then if you do make it to a point where you it's successful, no super idea. successful, it, it becomes even another thing that you have to kind of balance and work with, you know, unless the person completely gets it and completely gets you and you have this unspoken bond. But now we're in this fucking time where it doesn't help out that everything's instant. Somebody could be DMing you. Somebody could be getting your attention this other way. It's only natural. We're fucking, we think... We, we need to realize that we think a little bit primally still, right? In, in most yeah. of our actions, subconsciously, we got that lizard brain or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're thinking primally. We, we, why, why do we like big tits and a big ass and all that? It's because it shows that she can have babies or she can fucking, you know what I mean? Primally. That's what I mean. Obviously, it looks fantastic, whatever. But primally, we get attracted to that because we're fucking just built that way. Yeah. And I think we, we, we're at a point where technology stepped in so much and we're at this point where we think we're one thing, but we're, we got to realize that we're still a part of this, a part of this planet, you know, and we're, but we're becoming something else in a sense, you know, if it's all about likes and, you know, okay, okay, this dictates you right to get your, your music deal, the TikTok followers or whatever the case, it might, it might play a factor in it. What's to stop 50 years down the line that in order for me to go get a fucking loan, I need to have X amount of likes on my fucking thing, X Very. amount of X amount of uh, people that rep for me or whatever, you know, followers or some sort of credential, broken down credential like that. Uh, they probably they do it with credit. Right. That, but I was going to say uh, in China, they actually blame a Black Mirror episode about this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're your 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 life credit report. You can't fly. I know they're already doing it. And and and, and China people and that go to prison demerits on your on your life points right life points motherfucker what yeah. is this you yeah. know what i mean and, and and you're born into a fucking board game like what the fuck is going on life I mean, points yeah we're, we're a couple of head chips away from from <laughs> no, Unbelievable. I'm, just, I'm making a joke of it like, it's interesting it's and we have crazy. these and we have these things that what we do it connects us to something higher something beyond this in a sense but it uses it all as the interface for it Right. And I almost feel like we have a responsibility to just continue it and put the good stuff out there and not have to be like straightforward about it. Like you said, like you'd be poetic about your way and have a message to it and everyone interprets it in its own way. That's what it's about. But I guess we have a fucking duty almost to just like keep doing this and put this out because what else is this on here for? It's Dude, all this other shit is not doing us good. This is therapy for me. And if anybody is picking up anything from anything that I've said or or that I would write in my lifetime and it's affected them positively or or made them think in a different way, that's it means so much to me. And uh, I, I do this to vent for myself and to really say things that like I have bottled up that I probably would never say in real life. Mm -hmm. uh, well, not real life, but I, I mean, like these are just your thoughts. You know right, what I mean? I'm these not are your thoughts. Write it on my Facebook. They're thoughts that know? are almost indescribable. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's hard to describe 
feelings. It's hard to describe that when you get up with a group of guys, whether you practice or you're about to have an open jam and you all start playing together and you're like you said, you're all different in your own right and you come together like this Venn diagram when you're in that middle. There's nothing like that frequency. That's all I could describe it as. Yeah. It's a wow, we tapped into a frequency. This guy's fucking singing perfectly over us or rapping over us. We're we're in tune, we're in sync. This guy's about to crush a solo and I can feel it, you know? Like there's it's indescribable and people that don't do it don't get it. That's where the whole respect thing comes out of it. It's like, oh yeah, I could tell you fucking are meant to do this. It's yeah. a, especially uh not not to cut you off, but but there are so many like so so many talented women oh, that yeah. I've seen play music. Oh yeah. And, Singers, and even, bass players, drummers, even transgender musicians and 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 different types of people, like whoever it is. Mm -hmm, I've mm -hmm. seen so many talented, girls with long arm hair, you know, armpit hair, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, hey, to each their own, man. To each their own. I've seen a lot, yeah, and they're all fucking just doing their their thing, man. And that's what is so beautiful, and that's what connects us to each other. Yeah, we're not the same in that way, and it, right. you know what? great that you're somebody else god yeah. thank god you're somebody else because everyone over here at this bar is dressed the same and looks the same i don't know what's going on i'm glad you're you i'm glad you're you yeah seriously. you know that's all i want people to do to take out of my music my podcasts and all this and that mm -hmm. that's why i try to be open-minded and try these things right and it's just like do what you want to do, man. Be yourself. Don't follow this it's or that so guy. Important, be a part of the system, I guess, because we're thrown into it. But just be you. Have your own style. It'll make you ha happier. You know, yeah. it'll it'll give a little purpose to your life. You know, yeah. Whatever whatever that purpose is, you know, you're you're bound by it, whether you accept it or not. And mm -hmm. I think that wow, even this year, man, I've gone through so much, so much shit that is really just like broken me down and lifted me up and shown me a new way of doing like that whole the, the you know the word fear like the acronym of like face everything and rise mm -hmm. you know when i was at my lowest point you know those moments always were the ones that were the catalyst for something better and i think and i think that like in those moments you know it's it's so you know, overbearing and I've suffered from depression as a kid and I've suffered from stuff that I didn't even know, you know, yeah. I wasn't even diagnosed with like, I went through so much stuff that I never understood. And psh, I had never seen a mental health, anything since until I, until like two years ago. And that was stuff I had to sort out and stuff mm -hmm. that I had to go through and why certain things don't click. And, and really just, it's a matter of just like being aware, like you said, knowing your values knowing what it's in your heart and knowing what your purpose is and what you're bound by and i think that it's so easy to get caught up in what somebody else is doing we're in that mm -hmm. age of comparison age mm -hmm. of like like you're saying the likes and stuff and it's like if you're not at peace with yourself and you're not at peace with what you're doing find something you love and and you know well, obviously get help, but, yeah. uh, but find something you love. It'll help. Yeah, it, it will. And just immerse yourself mm -hmm. in it. Like, you know, go head first into it. This life is so short and yeah. I've lost people quicker to, to whether it was natural causes, uh, you know, drug Accidents, overdoses, yeah. you know, anything. Murders, and, you yeah. Know. And it's so important to just be like, you know what? 
and and our song that we just put out the arrive one it's like i want to live like i did all i could mm-hmm. and yeah it's a risk but you know i could not wake up tomorrow and i don't know that it's not me for Dude, me to yeah. decide I, and, it's a common theme in my podcast i'm glad i'm glad you're touching on it you know because you know pretty much almost all of it i somehow allude to the fact that we need to do what we want to do so long as it's beneficial right and because we could fucking die tomorrow, bro. Yeah. You know, or you could live till you're 99, but you still have a duty to do what you're meant to do, you know, and, and figure out that plan, not deviate from that plan or deviate from that plan as little as possible. And just have, have full mentality, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's opportunity everywhere. And, you know, even here, like even this city is a small city and a small county made up a bunch of counties and a state in a small part of the country, in a small part of the world, there's mm-hmm. a small box that we all put our mental, yeah. mental prisons. I, I like to call it, but like of like, mm-hmm. I go to the same four places, right. Doing the same shit. And it's like, you could drive two hours and, and literally change your whole perspective. Right. And I've learned that through touring and, and like playing shows in different places. Yeah. It's like driving on the left side of the road. It's you like, get to take in a little bit of each place where yeah. it's like, Oh, this is the same, but, they're doing this different. They have these different mannerisms. They talk this certain way. Right. They fucking act this certain way. You, I, know? Uh, you see that by traveling. You get to kind of ingrain yourself into that. I went to Connecticut two or three weeks ago, and I tried to order a sweet tea, and they looked at me like I was a fucking bump. They don't have that up there? Dude, I... They don't drink sweet tea up no, there? That's crazy. Was, it, it was crazy. Hey, this guy thinks it's a fucking Publix. That's yeah, what they're saying. Right. Uh, <laughs> they were like, what's Publix? You know, I'm like... For sure, for sure. Uh, no, I uh, I was at the band and and uh, our manager he manages a band up in uh, Connecticut and they're really sick. They're they're called Valley Heart. They're from Boston actually. And uh, we were hanging out and we were at this like small diner and uh, everybody's talking to me about Florida and talking to me about Kissimmee and talking to me about small wholesale. Yeah, it was. I met somebody from ESPN uh, and he we were talking about fantasy football drafts. I'm really like knee deep in it right now. And, uh, they're all talking to me about Florida. And then this dude asked me what I want to drink the waiter. And I go sweet tea. And everybody's like, it just like a pin dropped. Like I was just like, Ur, you know, like, like, uh, they don't have that here. They got and I'm someone like, coughing in the back. <laughs> the fuck the guy yeah, say? Right, you know? right. It's like, Oh, sorry. Can I get a freaking give me a Coke? I guess. Whatever. I guess a Coke, man. Whatever you got. You mean a pop? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's sorry, like bro. I'm not from here. <laughs> right. Um, I, I can't take the Florida out of the boy. You know, yeah. I'm like no, but you know, I think I remember what I was gonna say earlier. Sorry to cut you off. You're but, good. You know, yeah, people. You know, obviously get help and talk about it and and express yourself and do things to, you know, fix yourself. But it's mainly it's also too to having the balance of tr- holding yourself accountable for oh. stuff. Hold yourself accountable, like you said. You know, you said to figure out the things you like, but also figure out what are your flaws. You yeah. know, what are the, what are these flaws? And I had a podcast a couple of days ago where I interestingly kind of said, like, I, I was talking about art, and I was talking about how um, how I'm teaching these kids. It's all about to draw very lightly. If you're gonna draw still life, let's say I'm gonna draw this setup right here, the beer bottle, the Mac. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to draw that, I'm going to draw out shapes, but very light, not like hard pencil strokes. It's very light. I can, I can see it barely, right? Just making marks of where everything's going to be. 
And so why I alluded to that is like if in life, before you get into like working on the detail, you need to figure out what is it that's going on? What is this shape that I'm seeing? What's this issue I'm having? Right. And you kind of work your way, work your way a little bit, little bit every day until you fucking get to what it is, start detailing it out, start really working on it. And so that's what we got to do. We got to just, you know, obviously do what you love and and pursue your passions, but you have to work hard at it. It's not just going to magically make happen. Make sense, dude. You know, you need to always like kind of work at it. If it's not meeting somebody, it's you working at some on something new. You know, it's you, you know, taking time to think about those things. And I think obviously we all get caught up at work and this and that, but I fucking I go to work too, and I'll right. and I'll still make time as soon as i get home from work i'm making beats you know what right. i mean yeah so hell yeah man this has been a good podcast thanks man yeah no dude i'm, I'm glad, I'm just glad to just talk about shit what do you uh where where can the people reach you give give them a little yeah um yeah follow my tiktok no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> no uh on instagram uh i'm i'm just austin allison with a v instead of a u uh my band's called mir um it's uh at mere band m-e-a-r-e uh we just changed the spelling i know i noticed that yeah it means a boundary so it's kind of funny when you're talking about art uh drawing it kind of goes to it facebook same thing facebook.com slash mere band uh band camp we just put up some merch um yeah and pretty much anywhere anywhere you can find music we're on apple music and all that stuff um, I'm always posting random riff videos and shit. So yeah, no, that it, it's been fire. Even the the different quality music, the lo-fi stuff, all that. It's it's coming out fire. Thanks, man. Freelance, baby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It all it all works and adds each practice to the skill that you have. You know, you're. That's what it's about, man. Stepping out of the line. That's you what know, it's about. I like to go outside of the box on a lot of stuff, just because, like you're talking about, like doing something different. And making it your own is so uh, few and far between these days. And I think that like being able to step outside yourself and what you know and what's comfortable and really pushing yourself, whether it's music or whatever your craft is or whatever your path is, you know, that's what's going to help you in the long run. Mm -hmm. 100%. How's your, how's your little brother doing? Uh, He's doing great. He is married and has a child seriously so, yeah dude i'm an uncle the last time i saw your little brother he was a small little child long long-haired vans kid he's got a, he's got a whole family how unbelievable how old is he now 21 22 he's a young father yep he it was crazy um well, yeah. congratulations to him yeah justin know? if you're i'm sure he's not hearing this but if he does hey, i you love you man link. Yeah. and i'm proud of you good good yeah, man, and I'd love to see Justin because I remember seeing him as a kid. He's taller than me, dude. Probably is. Yeah. He probably would be like, "Who the fuck is this?" Real, guy? <laughs> real dad energy. That's wild, dude. That would be insane to see because yeah. I literally, I don't think I saw him since he was like this tall and maybe how old? How old was he when we were hanging out, bro? He was twenty-one, like six 11, years younger. Twelve. He had to be like eleven. He had to be four, bro. Four. Dude, I mean, Damn. we were hanging out when we were 11. So That's true. He had to be five, dude. He was that, a young yeah, he kid. he was totally growing up Five with us, to though. six or seven. Yeah, he was, He was dude. just like, I would bring him fucking dude, everywhere. Dude, just like, yes. 
getting, getting and I remember him going hard and then sometimes he would go too hard and he would either shit. fall or eat shit or something yeah. and he'd start crying oh like, bro, but I he was a tough guy but he was a tough, tough guy kid. tough kid man he, yeah he's uh He's a very he's a very young stubborn dude, and uh, I commend him for for all the stuff he because I don't know he always grew up like the the Marsha Marsha you know like he was the, the younger kid like why the fuck is he you know like, I don't know yeah. and uh, it's just so crazy he was a how, cute little kid he got away with it you know what I mean yeah he he's uh, He's a piece of work, but <laughs> he uh, would always like do something. His little, daughter, he would always do something like some prank or some little shady shit, and then his laugh, his his laugh with his little kid teeth. Yeah, yeah. teeth, <laughs> like we all do. Uh, uh, his uh, his daughter, my niece, uh, Athena, she's a sweet little baby. Wow. Yeah. What a trip. It is a trip. All right, and lastly, what uh, what did you say? You fa- fantasy draft. What are your picks? Tell the people your picks and let let them know. Oh shit! Um, I'm I'm four and zero right now, so I feel pretty good. I'm actually in a league with a bunch of band dudes. Nice. Um, shout out, uh, Champagne Color Cards. Uh, shout out Harm from North Carolina, Atlanta. Uh, all those guys. Um, yeah. So I have J- uh Jared Allen. Um, uh, I have him. Uh, Buffalo Bills quarterback, Dalvin Cook. He got hurt. Josh Jacobs, he got hurt. Oh. Jerry Judy, he got hurt. Oh. Uh, yeah, I picked all the fucking people got hurt. Um, n- never would have known. I got the the Rams defense, Cleveland's defense. I got Russell Wilson. He got hurt the other day. Shout out, Russ, big Russ. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I got uh, Cooper Cup. He's, he's my ride or die right now. And, um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good right now because I just – no one knows this about me, but dude, I'm so gung ho on football. Like yeah. no one fucking knows. Like like I watch every you, game. You always watched as a kid. As I a remember kid, that. And I played Your it. Stepdad too would watch that shit. So you got do. you into that. I'm trying to I'm trying to win some some bucks for my knowledge. What about UFC? You in the UFC? Yeah, like, I watched. Yeah. I not all the fights, but I've got some a lot big of... fights coming up. And Dakota, you had mentioned Dakota earlier. Yeah, but Dakota, you had mentioned yeah, Dakota. Yeah. He gave you the guitar. He's going to that fight, the Usman versus Covington in Madison Square Garden. That, that round two, he bought. I he bought a ticket. Fight. He's going to that one, the round two. Yeah, dude, that, that he's gonna Covington actually be there. And, and uh, that split. whole like fight card is huge, dude. It's like that's there's some big fights going. I'm on stoked. Tonight. Yeah, I watched. I I haven't watched every single one, but I remember when I was in Nashville for a year. I watched every island fight, island fight. I watched a lot of the stuff. Yeah, out the there. the COVID shit kind of really got people back into it because it was the only thing kind of going on. It got some people that you know either had lost touch with it or never watched it back on it. Hearing it with no crowd was the most intense. Yeah, that's what I liked about thing. that. I did too. But you hear all the when you kick heard a ass, kick, boom. when you heard a kick. Oh yeah, those would. Man, who those kicks are and the kicks that's when also they started really people getting hurt from these fucking kicks every it? fight you'd see a fucked up broken leg a fucked up rolled ankle uh you know what i mean you the, see, the guy fight. who popped his fucking arm out oh yeah who's it Justin bloody Gaethje. fights yeah he was doing a a title fight um and it was a slug fest and it was just like i forget who it was it wasn't max holloway it was somebody. I think Tony, it might have been that one. That, Tony, that one was a battle. 
I don't remember what it was. It was just like five rounds of like bare. It looked like bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. They wow. have bare knuckle boxing leagues too. Yeah, I know. Man. I know. They, one of them came into the hard rock down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. But, but yeah, bro. I mean, I'm down to make some music if you're about it and we'll let the yeah, people man. go. Uh, but I definitely I want to thank you for being on here. I'd love to have you back on. Dude, always um, down. Yeah, always it's good down. to see you, brother. You too, man. All right. All right, everybody. Peace. Mm-hmm.